Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Well, folks, we're recording this after we've talked about the Chicago situation, so... Give us a minute to get the energy back, right? Yeah, expect a, a bit of a low energy podcast because, I mean, oh, God, hockey sucks. World music. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? And for the second time tonight, welcome back to the Track in the Storm podcast. I'm Brandon. That's Matt. Alex is still out because he's still sick. <laughs> he is still <laughs> sick in the five minutes it took for us to... And the past 30 minutes, he has not gotten better yet. Right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we uh, we just wrapped up the Kyle Beach podcast, and now we are moving on to try to be happy and talk about your Carolina Hurricanes. Because, I mean, let's be real. There are reasons to be happy about your Carolina Hurricanes. Um they no, do. it's such a positive thing. <laughs> it's so annoying. We're trying to get there, man. Uh, like the Canes are doing so well. The Canes are doing well. They're they're killing it right now. I mean, Rod Brennamore's teams have started pretty hot. And, I mean, granted, I'm not saying they're going to fall off and be a wild card team or something. Because I think I, I, I wouldn't pick anybody else over the team that I've seen these first two weeks in the Metropolitan Division. But, you know, at some point, they're probably going to lose a game. You know, I've been making jokes about 82-0, and 0, but I don't think that's actually going to happen. But, as it stands right now, it is still a legitimate possibility. Um, and where do you want to start here, man? I mean, there's lots of places to go. Svechnikov continues to be an absolute beast. Uh, Frederick Anderson has been an absolute wall. Um, the depth has been incredible. I mean, there's just so many different places to go here, so I'm going to let you choose, and I will... Go with whatever. There isn't a single negative that I've been able to find with the Hurricanes start. Um, <laughs> and that's that's a good thing, right? Like I, I'm I'm a very realistic person. Yeah, I we did a if you haven't seen it yet, it's on the hockey writers. We did our first round table piece. It's gonna be a new weekly piece we're doing. Go ahead and plug that real quick. But one of the questions that I decided to put in there was is there anything you've been disappointed in or would like to, you know, see improvement from moving forward? And literally the three of us were like, oh, Seth Jarvis could play. And the other one was maybe put Ethan Bear on the second power play unit over Brett Pesci. And that's it. That's the nitpickiest things I've ever heard right. in my life. So and just, I, I, I had the discussion about Jarvis today, actually. And my take is 
this is a team that's 5-0-0 without him in the lineup, and right. all four lines are looking great right now. Yeah, where, yeah. who do you take out? Exactly. Don't take him out. If you take out, like, somebody suggested Derek Stepan today, right? And then bumping Stepan's Foster. been good. He's been good. <laughs> well, this, let, me, let me get this whole package down because, like, you know, there's, there's problems I had with it. And they move Fast off of the stall line, which has been the Hurricanes, arguably most consistent line on a shift to shift basis, not in terms of offense, but shift to shift. They've been excellent. And you put Jarvis in there and Jarvis would be fine in that role. But like, again, you're, you're disrupting two good lines just to give a player who I still don't believe is NHL ready. One game. To me, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, and I, I just want to comment on uh, Jordan Stahl's line again real quick. Um, you know, that 4-1 beat down to the Leafs the other night. Uh, you know, Slavin had two assists. Sveshnikov had two points. Aho had a nice deflection goal. Lorenz had that beautiful goal. I don't think anybody was better than the Jordan Stahl line that night that didn't get on the scoreboard. How many times did you notice John Tavares in that game? Uh, other than the one time he hit the post, that is it. Jordan Stahl put the absolute – I can't remember. I, I think he was playing with Kerfoot, and I can't remember who else was on that line. But they were just invisible. Yeah. Jordan Stahl was dominant on Monday night, and he didn't show I, up on the scoreboard. And, he, I mean, you can't say enough about his game the other night. Without scoring, showing up on the scoreboard, he was dominant. The Leafs as a whole are struggling to find their identity. They're discombobulated right now. That's fair. That's one way to put it. <laughs> no, they were struggling to make simple passes, like consistently. Yeah. This is what happens when you put all of your resources into a couple of players, four forwards. Like, there's a reason take a look, Hamilton's not here, guys. <laughs> take a look at what's making the Hurricanes such a deep team. It's the fact that they don't have like 40 million wrapped up in like just their forwards and top defensemen. This was a point I made on Twitter the other night when somebody was bringing up how, yeah, I think it started actually with the whole. D'Angelo's a better fit for than Dougie, which which remains really stupid. But what I said off that was the only reason for you to, you know, bring up that this team is better off without Dougie Hamilton is the depth. Because not giving him $9 million has allowed them to shore up their bottom six, which is now as good as any in the NHL, and their bottom pairing, which now has a veteran Stanley Cup winner and Ian Cole and Tony D'Angelo, who has proven to be a good offensive player and a solid fit for this team in the first power play unit on the ice. Um, That's the only reason. And I'm still not even sure that paying Dougie Hamilton, nine million still scares me, but I'm still not even sure they're better off with all this depth than they are with Hamilton. But that is the only actual argument you should be making here, guys. The Dougie Hamilton hate remains stupid, and I don't understand it at all. The guy was nothing but fantastic here. Sure, you maybe would have liked a little bit more from him in the playoffs at times, but you could say that about pretty much any hurricane. Like, Natchez has been invisible in the playoffs for the most part. Like, lots of these guys that you're not hating on every single day weren't that good in the playoffs. So, the Dougie hate, 
let's stop for a while. Can we please? So here's what's crazy about, you know, and this is what I was getting at. And I, I think you've kind of gotten to it too. The Toronto Maple Leafs are investing almost actually over $33 million in three players. Austin Matthews, John Tavares, Mitch Marner, which not great already. That's, you know, a solid, that's not half of your cap, but that's a good bit. Throw Nylander in there and that's probably a clean 40 million, right? 40 million tied up into your top four players. It is, and you're getting nothing out of them. Nothing. Yeah. Like the reason why, I mean, when you have to pay Nick Ritchie to play on your power play. What a useless ass hockey player, dude. He is so bad. I'm still mad about that hit on Pesci. Yeah. Like that's not anyway. I won't get off. Like the reason why the Maple Leafs draft or like sign all these European free agents every year is because they don't have the cap space to sign anybody else to play in their bottom six. Like Ilya Mikhaev, who is on LTIR right now. Would be a fourth line player around the league, sure. I guess my point is the Leafs don't have depth. Like you're, you're paying a bunch of players a lot more money than they've been worth. John Tavares has had a bad start to the year. Austin Matthews scored his first goal of the season the other night, and this is a guy that won the Richard, right? Yeah, a lot of people were predicting him to score like. 60 goals this year and he's got right. one goal and zero assists right now. Mitch Marner is the Canadian media's whipping boy. And granted, since he has signed that contract, so he started that contract started the 2019-20 season. What I don't understand is why they're hating on him so much. Look at these stats from since he signed that contract, which was 10 almost 11 million dollars just under 11 million he had 67 points in 59 games in 2019-20 that's really good four assists in five playoff games not terrible the next season in 55 games mitch marner had 67 points again including 20 goals so a better point per game pace and four assists in seven playoff games they hate this guy in canada and until he until this season he was a point per game player in the nhl he has one assist through his first seven games this year but the entire toronto maple leafs roster is struggling right now it's nobody is producing william nylander is their best player with five points it's absurd, like how bad the Leafs are right now. Yeah. Like a team that's with this many good forwards should not be this bad. Man, okay, so the Leafs have kind of become my de facto second team because I have lots of family members that are from Canada, from the Toronto area. And that's, sure. 
who they follow. So, you know, if the Hurricanes are out of it in the playoffs or something, which lately the Hurricanes have been in deeper than the Leafs anyway, but if the Leafs or if the Canes were to bow out in the first round, I would be watching the Leafs. That's who I would be going for because I want them to be happy. You know, it'd be cool for them to get to experience that because it's been so damn long. You know, my brother that's my age, stepbrother, um, has never seen them win a cup. Uh, you know, stuff like that. So it, it would be cool to see them win. So, you know, I follow them pretty closely. Um, and, and, you know, the discussions I've had with him, I just feel like it's such a it's, – it's a culture of losing. Like, it, it's just yeah. something about the mindset there. And, and I don't know if it's just like when things start to go wrong, everybody just like implodes. I, it's, it's very much what was the case with the Carolina Hurricanes. Yep. That's exactly where I was going to go with that. And I was going to say, and the reason I was able to kind of deduce that and have that conversation with him, which he was like, you know, you're so right about that, is because I saw the Canes for 10 years toil and mediocrity. And they just were kind of spineless out there. I guess the best word I can use to describe it, like their backbone, just non-existent when adversity hits. They're so used to losing and folding in these moments that it just comes naturally to them. And they probably aren't even trying to do it, but it just happens. You guys have seen me with the Atlanta Braves, right? (laughs) (laughs) We're in the World Series right now, and I'm just waiting on the other shoe to drop. And last right. night, Charlie Morton breaks his freaking leg in game one. So our ace is, oh, God. Anyway, yeah. I could go off on a tangent on that. I'm not going to do it. But it's, it's the same thing with the Braves, man. It's like last year, they were a win away from the World Series, and they lose three in a row to go home. I just, oh. Anyway. Yeah, it's with, <laughs> with the Maple Leafs, you have too many players on that team that are just lo- used to losing. Yeah. And – this is Kyle Dubas's biggest test as the GM. Do you keep the core intact? Somebody's going to have to get traded, and I don't know who it is. It's yeah. probably going to be Marner, but they're going to have to move somebody out so they can get some depth. And it's going to be hilarious when Marner becomes an 80-point player. Or more. <laughs> and wins the Con Smythe in his very next year after. No, God, no. That's Austin Matthews. <laughs> Let's be real. Right, right, right. No, um, like <laughs> Mitch Marner is going to go to a team like Seattle. Mm. I don't know who they trade him though. <laughs> yeah, they, they, it's, it's gonna, it's gonna be. Let's here. Let's say LA, a team with a lot of prospect capital, That'd or even good. New yeah. York, even the Rangers. I'll throw them in there too. You've got two teams that you know. You trade for Marner, you've got your star player. And, you know, hypothetically, let's say the Kings make that trade, scores 80 points for them. Kings go on and miraculously win a Stanley Cup. It's going to be because he got out of Toronto. Yeah. I think that's part of the reason. That's part of what it is, too. It's not only the culture of losing, but the fact that these players are held under a much larger microscope than somebody playing for even a, even a team like LA would have like, there's a reason why Frederick Anderson has been a lot calmer and better. There's a reason why Asperi Kokaniemi looks so much happier playing here. He's starting to show some confidence, man. He's made a couple of nice dangles. The last he couple. was good against the, Canadians. Maple Leafs. He was really. He was great against the Canadians. Yeah, I kind of expected him to be. Right. 
but he, he was good against the Maple Leafs. He, I thought he had a couple good moments against the Blue Jackets. It's like right now he's not connecting on the passes he's making and, you know, his finishing is still a little off. When that starts to click, it's going to be a big deal. But again, there's a reason why these players tend to do well outside of Canada. I was talking with um, somebody the other day about how we both wish that players would call out the media more. Like Joey Gallo the other day. Um, somebody wrote this just really terrible article about how, you know, Gallo got dressed and it was yeah, like, how Ainley is getting dressed. I saw that. Right. Yeah. And they were like, it doesn't excuse, or like it, you know, might be the reason it, it didn't say it was the reason, but like it was implied that that was one of the reasons why his batting average was so low. <laughs> and then he called it out and was like, me gets dressed and the media like blows up about it. And it was funny. Like it's players showing personality, <laughs> right? <laughs> Like I wish we had more of that in the NHL because I feel like in a lot of markets, Canada especially, like the media goes unchecked. And we've seen guys like Matthews call out Steve Simmons, right? Right. We've well, seen Simmons sucks. Simmons is garbage. He does. Justifiably so. Yeah. But what happened afterwards is everyone's like, oh, that's not what a or you know, what the media does is oh, that's not what a leader does. Like, just shut the hell up. I, I did just pull up that Joey Gallo tweet just real quick. It says, me, literally gets dressed. Media, yep, that's why he sucks. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> I wish more people would show personality like that. Right. Once yeah, I... no, that's, that was very funny. I, I, <laughs> I saw that. I was like, oh, it's... Because, well, he went to New York, man. I mean, he's been playing in Texas his whole career, and it's kind of the same deal. Like, he goes to what is very comparable to uh, the Toronto market, the Montreal market. Right. The New For York baseball, game. New York right. is is Toronto, essentially. Right, exactly. So, <laughs> and, and I fully expect Gallo to have a monster year next year. If he's not a free agent, I don't know. I don't follow that closely with No, I, I don't care baseball. about baseball enough. Right. But, but like, uh, that is, that's what the problem, there's, there's so many problems with Toronto. Um, one is that, you know, the team just has a culture of losing too is like the media pressure has just gotten to a ridiculous level. And I'm sure the list is a lot longer than that, yeah. but the Canes, I think we've, we've spent enough time, you know, we, we had to give our friends up in a smaller market like Toronto, a bit of their time because, you know, as the benevolent fan of a team that plays in the center of the hockey universe, you know, we're just that nice. But so I think that the Canes have looked like a complete team and a deep team that doesn't have many weaknesses. Other than Kucherov being out, what have we noticed from Tampa this year? They're a hell of a lot less deep. They've lost a lot of talent. They added Corey Perry, which I think is a great addition. Don't get me wrong. I think Corey. Yeah, but he's a good addition for that team. But they've so lost a lot. game with a recent a preseason game. What kind of bush league garbage is that? Anyway, well, that's Corey Perry, bro. But Tampa's looking a lot less deep, and the Canes are looking like a, a team that could beat you with every line they put out there. I, I, I don't. I hate the Stephen Lorenz slander right now. I saw it from, from every person in Toronto. It was like. 
every writer, Steve Dangle even made a sideways comment about, oh, who's Stephen Lorenz, you know? Casuals. Right, exactly. But again, That's they live I reply. In... I reply that to somebody. He made one comment that says they play road games at home. And then another comment, which I went back after I saw that comment and I was like, was there like a bunch of... There, there weren't there, that many Leafs fans. There, that there wasn't that many at all. No. no. It's not like it was that loud when they scored or like. This is just the Toronto Sun graded. trying to cope. And right. And I was like, it, that's like just straight up playing on a narrative that doesn't even exist anymore. It's, it's fake news straight up. Like, <laughs> it's not even accurate. That's... So I literally replied to it and I was like, road games at home. Who is Steven Lorenz? You guys are literally casuals. <laughs> like, yeah. Toronto right. media. Right. You're less knowledgeable than us, and you won't. At this point, that's how I feel. Steve Simmons, we know more about hockey. We already know it. (laughs) Um, we can confirm Steve Simmons is not a huge caniac after that loss. We don't. We don't want him anyway. So that's no, we don't. (laughs) But it's it's one of those things where you know the the Canes are going to start forcing their way into getting attention like league-wide because of how good they are. Like eventually the league isn't going to be able to ignore them for much longer. Yeah. I'm all aboard the Svechnikov for Hart Trophy uh, train. I think this is the year, man. Not I, if Connor McDavid has anything to say about it. That's a good point. Connor does still exist, but, you know. Yeah. I think that the league scoring and league MVP trophies are pretty much on lock Ah, uh, for Connor McDavid. Yeah, especially he, but, he's looking like a two hundred point guy right now. Like, yeah, and Svech is looking like you know he might hit a hundred points at this current pace. I think I think if he keeps playing like this, a hundred points is not even close to out of the question. But I think he might be a point per game first, and then start creeping up to a hundred. Because Ajo I, I doesn't have a hundred point year yet, does he? He came close. He got. I like thought so too. Let's let's see what his career high is. No, he doesn't have a hundred. No, it's like 92, I think, is his career high. No, he didn't. Wow. He's not even as high as I thought. His, his career high is 83. Oh, that was higher. Than He's me. only got two years where he was even at a point in game, actually. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in 2019-20, when the league got cut short because of COVID, he, uh, he would have had 40 that year, but he still finished with 66 and 68, so he was a little bit under a point of game. Then last year, 57 and 56. But with the depth of this team, man, you know, they're not going to be able to key on him as much as they have in years past, especially, dude, I, I can't decide. And this is actually a question I kind of wanted to pose to you anyway. I can't decide if I want TSA to stay together because I think those guys could absolutely snap for a hundred points each and maybe even tear mine and compare close to it too. If those three stay together and keep playing like they have, but I've loved Trocheck with Natchez and Svechnikov. I think that line has looked fantastic, and that allows Kokaniemi to play on the top line with the two Finnish counterparts. So I think he's looked really good up there. So I don't know which which of those do you like TSA, and then because I don't think Trocheck with Natchez and Kokaniemi has looked quite as quite as potent as having Svechnikov down there. Because right now Svechnikov's just playing at a level where you know even if they put him on aligned with Lucas Walmart and Jordan Martin, though, he'd probably score 40. <laughs> We're speaking from experience here. <laughs> um, I think that he could 
I think that either line could be good. I think either way. Yeah, and maybe the country- there's positive things about both. Putting Kokaniemi with Trocek and Natchez gives a bit more defense on that line with, and if Kokaniemi, you know, can improve and start, you know, finishing on those chances or even just, you know, like connecting on some more passes, I think that line could be dangerous too, right? So I, I, I think either line is fine. I think the Canes are in a good place regardless. But I don't know. I don't, I don't think you can go wrong with either. I really don't. Well, sitting on that fence. I know. But that's the thing. It's like this team, even when Brad Brindamore blended the lines, right, that one night, they still looked great. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm a I'm a fan of how the team has looked. Again, I don't think there's any way you can put Jarvis in. I, I wouldn't hate throwing him in on the back to back, give somebody the night off, but I doubt it. And Arizona's the team to do it against. Yeah. Because they're not an Eastern Conference team and they're not very good. And they, and you're in the second half of a back-to-back, which where the first game is against Boston, a team that wears you down. Right. I was going to say, just throw them in against Boston, you know, throw them a curveball. They'll never see it coming. (laughs) And they'll see Jarvis and poor Jarvis is going to get sent back to Portland in a stretcher. (laughs) Right. So I'm all good on that. Um, I would really be surprised if he plays against Boston. No, he's not going to play against Boston. Wouldn't be shocked if he plays against the Coyotes, but I also wouldn't be shocked if he doesn't. That's just me, though. What I will say is that I think top to bottom, this team has looked phenomenal. No doubt about it. Before we jump into anything else, Let's take a moment and get a quick word from DraftKings. NFL fans, hungry for a big win this week? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has you covered. Now customers can bet just $5 for any NFL team to win their game. And if they do, you win $200 in free bets. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game, and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. I, I'm curious to see Antiranta. Uh, Eventually. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm sure he's going to get in tomorrow or uh, Friday one. Um, he's going to get one of the two. Yeah. Let's see. It's Boston. Who's the, who's the other end? Arizona. Oh, it is there? Okay. I thought they were this weekend for some reason. But okay. 
I think it's Chicago on Sunday, but They'll I could probably get I could... an old team just like they just did for Freddie Anderson. You know, he yeah. saves those guys in practice warm up stuff like that. He knows what they like to do. Um, there's something to be said for that. Um, and, and I mean, Anderson is obviously the hot hand. So the right thing to do would be to give him the, uh, you know, bigger challenge, as you'd say, probably. Right. Um, and I, <laughs> I don't think this is a hot take, but uh, it's pretty easy to tell which of these two that is. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> Bruins, I mean, I'm really excited for this game. This is, you know, kind of a barometer. Um, this is who has knocked the Hurricanes out of the playoffs twice in the last three years. This is who has kind of been, you know, steadily one of the best teams in the league for the last decade. Um, yeah. And, you know, the Hurricanes are off of this scorching start. And, you know, Boston has circled this game and is kind of wanting to make a statement here. And the Hurricanes should be too. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm just really excited to see them get out there and um, match up with another team that has, you know, very good depth and is just solid throughout their lineup. Should be a lot of fun. It should be, and I'm hoping that the Canes walk away with at least four out of six points this weekend, like through all the through three games. I think that's a good thing to set. So the Chicago Wolves are up to nothing on Grand Rapids in the first period. As we're recording this, uh, CJ Smith. Scored the first goal, assisted from Andrew Podorowski and Jack Drury. And David Gus got the well, second goal, assisted by Ryan Suzuki. So it's unfortunately not Drury's first career AHL goal as we thought it was. It is CJ Smith's goal. But how good has he been? He's been phenomenal. I think I got to watch the game, uh, the free game against Milwaukee, and CJ Smith was everywhere. And I'm happy about that. Maki Niemi, eight saves um, in the first period, including stopping both a breakaway and a two-on-one. It's proving that he is looking actually pretty decent to start off his AHL career. Granted, it has only been one and a third games, I guess, but he is playing against Brandon. He's playing against... Carolina Hurricanes legend and the man who has left the deepest scars on this fan base, Ryan Murphy, (laughs) who has five points to start the year. A buddy of mine that I, uh, and I I guess this story is going to kind of allude to just how ridiculous these guys really are. You know, I, I played pretty like serious junior hockey growing up, you know, I traveled all over us and Canada, like wanted to go to college, wanted to go to the NHL, all that stuff. And for a while I thought there was a chance. There never really was to be totally honest, but anyway, um, a kid that I grew up playing with, that was one of the best kids in the area. He actually ended up going to the OHL Mitchell Eisenberg's his name. I remember, uh, <laughs> I, I saw him one summer. We went to high school together too. And, uh, in, in addition to playing together for the junior Canes, but he, you know, he was back home one summer and I was just talking to him and, about you know playing in the OHL and I think it was the summer right after we drafted Murphy and he was like yeah I played against him he's the most ridiculous player I've ever seen his hands are so good he's so fast all this stuff and uh obviously we know how it all turned out but uh, <laughs> uh to your and point what and, happened <laughs> right that just shows you yeah and Eisenberg was like one of the nastiest kids around here I thought he was ridiculous and you know he barely 
even played in the OHL. So that'll give you a pretty good idea about just how good these kids actually are. <laughs> I used to think, yeah. man, like, if you drop me, I, I used to think if you drop me into an NHL game, I could do more than Chad LaRose. But uh, I don't think that was actually true. <laughs> yeah. Um, it is kind of funny, though, that we're, you know, sitting here and still talking about <laughs> Ryan Murphy in the year 2021. Like, who, who would have thought? I mean, at least thankfully we're not complaining that he's st- like still on the team, right? But you know, the power play. Oh God! Can you imagine? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I'm happy that the Wolves are doing well. They they've started off the season strong, and they beat a good Milwaukee team twice last weekend. Um, This game against Grand Rapids, I don't know how good Grand Rapids really is. Um, I know Chicago is a really deep team too. So very clearly built for a Calder Cup, which is what the Canes want. They want to establish a winning culture at every level, right? Especially when they're superstar winger back. Yeah. Best player. Um. I think his name is Hayden Flurry. If oh, Alex Jesus has told Christ. us anything, I thought I was safe from it this week. This is I bullshit. I quit. All right, I'll just finish the podcast by myself then. <laughs> the Chicago they did send down Blake Murray, which I've already kind of said is a good thing for. He yeah, he needs to play. He wasn't ever going to play um, after they signed. You know, everybody. <laughs> right. Like, if the Canes kept a 13th forward on their roster, which, you know, obviously that was, I made that assumption before the Kokanami offer sheet, um, you know, they would have been able to maybe play Murray every other game, but it just wasn't going to happen. And so I'm glad that um, Murray is going to get playing time. I'm also glad to be hearing that Stelio Mateos is doing well. I've always thought he's gotten the short end of the stick with, you know, obviously he had the cancer diagnosis and then um, had a lower body injury that kept him out of the majority of that season. And then there was the COVID shortened year, the year after where, you know, they only played 25 games. But so I'm, I'm very glad to be seeing Stelio Mateos doing so well. I think this is a breakout year for him. Yeah. And it's a breakout year for Ryan Suzuki, which I wrote a piece on that last week. I think Ryan Suzuki is going to be very good in the AHL this year. Yeah, he's definitely off to a good start making plays. And, like, you know, you're really seeing the offense in addition to, you know, his more complete two-way game. He's made a lot of really slick plays, and I've uh, been very impressed with what I've seen out of him. Yeah, and Spencer Smallman also has looked all right. Like, I like Smallman a lot back when like we first drafted him. I mean, and if anything, I thought he was going to be a bottom six guy, you know, not like a big scorer, but he has so many intangibles. And and just like he was a captain in juniors with uh, St. John. And just it, he's one of those like he's kind of like Jesper Foss. Just does a lot of little things really, really well. You um, want to hear a good comparison for him? Sure. Steven Lorenz. Yeah, yeah. They're well, like identical yeah. players. Right. And they're just high energy, always in on the forecheck, always making little plays defensively. 
Um, and, and I think really the biggest thing that got in his way was injuries. I mean, he just missed so much development time. And I think that was the biggest hamper on him. Um, not saying he for sure would have been an NHL player if that hadn't happened, but um, I, I definitely think it hurt his case a lot. Yeah. I, <laughs> I think, that... actually, you know, speaking of Jesper Foss, let's take a minute to uh, appreciate him. I'm just going to throw it out there. I defended him a lot last year. You did. And now we're starting to see, and I still don't think he was as bad as some people made him out to be last year. But now that he's scoring goals, it's kind of allowing people and, and he's playing better too. You know, it's not just that, but I think that's, the goals is also kind of allowing people to see some of the other things he's doing. And I mean, like we said, that line with him and Niederreiter and Jordan Stahl has just been very good chemistry, just making plays all over the place. They've been fantastic. Fast has been good because not only has he himself been good, but he's not playing with Warren Fogle or Brock McGinn on his line. He's playing with Nino Niederreiter on that left wing instead. Like the only thing that, you know, Niederreiter isn't better at is killing offense, which is, you know, that's good. Good for Nino, right? Right. So I think that part of it is just the fact that I think Jesper Faust is just a lot better this season than he was last year. And part of it is also that third line got a boost just by having Nino Niederreiter on it. So I think that's going to be one of the few lines that Brindamore doesn't mess around with. Um, I hate that right now the Maple Leafs are losing to the Chicago Blackhawks. How are the Panthers doing? I want the Panthers to get beat like 15, nothing tonight. Yeah, I do too. I want them to, I want them to get beat, but I want them to tire out Boston enough so that they come in tomorrow, uh, not good. Boston needs to be exhausted from scoring right. so many goals. Right. And, uh, yeah. Oh, man. Brandon, this has been a long night. We had yeah. a very heavy episode before this. This is the lighthearted episode that afterwards I'm just, uh, man, I'm so tired of hockey culture. Physically and mentally draining the first just everything that's happened today, but we've had to try to compartmentalize and process and just, it's just a rough day, man. I I really hope the NHL does the right thing. They won't. Florida Panthers deserve a lot of attention right now for how they're playing. They're six and oh, they have not lost a game either. They look like a legitimate Stanley cup contender and I want nothing. Good their coach them. should be fired into the sun exactly. and in hell where like, he belongs. He should be nowhere near an NHL franchise right now. So I hope yeah. Gary Dubbin's meeting with him tomorrow, apparently. And I guess they're deciding on his future. Conveniently after he's played. He right. Which is just ridiculous to me that, you know, their owner. Who's All right. my mind. Like, I, I don't know why he would just anyway. Hopefully again, the I mean, right thing shows the slightest bit of spine. And All I'm going to say up. is that, you know, this gives the Florida Panthers the chance to win one more hockey game and the NHL and, you know, all the owners are going to take that chance to win one extra hockey game. And A2 lost arena just scored. So the Panthers are now winning. I hate it here. Seriously. The Blackhawks and Panthers are about to both win tonight after all this bullshit. And it's just going to drive me nuts. 
hate it here. Folks, we're going to end... We're going to end on a positive note. The Carolina Hurricanes are 5-0. and This is the best the team has looked, I think, in a long time. This is the deepest the team has been. I'm very happy with the team's performance so far. We hope you are, too. And you know what? It's a great time to be a Carolina Hurricanes fan. <laughs>